0: save time and money versus going to a shop
1: by picking up an ac pro recharge kit today be a pro with ac pro baseball season it comes and goes but crawford bach just flows and flows it's the bach to drink any time of year you don't need a reason, cause it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs!
2: This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Car Brewing. Car Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
1: Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros continue this eight-game homestand with the first of three against the Seattle Mariners. Astros took two out of three from the Giants to begin this homestand, including a 5-1 to win over San Francisco on Wednesday. Zach Krenke gave up a run and struck out seven over six in the third innings. Martín Maldonado had a three-run homer as the Astros able to take that series from the Giants, taking on a Mariners team that just dropped two out of three in Arlington, including a 7-4 to loss to the Rangers on Wednesday. Mariners have dropped their last two in a row and five of their last seven. Astros 8 and 10 in third place in the AL West, four and a half games behind Oakland, while the Mariners are last in the West, six and a half games behind the A's, with a record of seven and 13. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Frommer Valdez on the mound for the Astros, a 2.04 ERA in three games so far this year. What's been most impressive? 17 and two-thirds innings for Valdez, just
3: three walks. Who is this masked man? I mean, did <laughs> for Valdez go? I mean, that was the thing for a couple of years that it was frustrating for the Astros is to try to figure out uh, what it was going to take for him to pound the strike zone. Man, he's just a, a different person, and they they felt like they saw it as soon as he walked into the doors in spring training. It was just a more mature version of this left-hander. And because of that, the Astros are reaping the benefits of a little patience. And for somebody to have their baby and feel a little responsibility, you're seeing him grow up right before your eyes. Meanwhile,
1: you Yusei Kikuchi on the mound. For the Mariners, some mixed results so far this year. And uh, the Mariners are encouraged, however, that his velocity has been up over where it was as a rookie a year ago.
3: Yeah, with velocity up two or three clicks. His slider velocity up about five or six clicks. So there, there's something going on as far as uh, hand speed and, and mechanics, whatever you want to say. But uh, he is a classic example. And you can say this about just about every single pitcher in the major leagues. If he gets ahead of the count, he has a pretty good game. If he falls behind, he's going to get racked, and that's what's been happening to Kikuchi. When things don't go well, it's just because he falls behind early keys to the game are presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda
1: dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, Jordan Alvarez back with the Astros and boy was he missed. I mean, yeah, this team scored quite a few runs while he was out, but uh, always good to have his presence back in the lineup, the reigning American
3: League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and what a, what a year it was. All the, the homers and not just all the homers, but Uh, In that amount of time, I think it was 27 doubles, too. And it's just uh, what he was able to do provide the the pop and the the presence and the power, uh, it it made everybody better. And it made everybody excited. Even in the dugout, you could see guys get to the top railing just to watch Jordan hit. So uh, it's exciting to have him back in there. Uh, You give uh, Michael Brantley a chance to rest that quad for another day. And and then it looks like it's going to be a full bore ahead as far as the health goes for the Astros offense.
1: Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker. And a little later, we'll hear from Seattle Mariners broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home
2: run into the Crawford Boxes?
1: Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Into the Landry's Crawford Boxes.
2: How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this
3: season. And this one's belted. Deep right field for Alvarez, and that's going to clear him. That's a deep shot to right for Yorda on a grand slam. And Alvarez
1: cranks one pretty deep to center field. Going back on it is Merrifield looking up. See you later! A pinch hit, three-run home run for Jordan Alvarez. And it is 5-1 Astros. Three-run homer, Jordan. I love him. And this ball's belted deep to right center field and you can kiss that one goodbye. A three-homer game for Jordan Alvarez. And the Astros lead it 23-2. Oh my
0: goodness. Well, Dusty, uh, some great news today with uh, Jordan Alvarez rejoining the Astros and course he had been out all year uh didn't report to texas until opening day when he was uh cleared to take part in, in baseball a- uh, activities and obviously gives your gives your lineup a another dimension a left-handed hitter something that um obviously uh it's a guy everybody would like to have
4: back in their lineup well that's true i mean we got plenty of left-hand hitters but we got a, he's a quality quality left-hand hitter um uh, you know just uh Uh, I don't really know, um, you know, if he's uh, 100% uh, timing-wise, you know, because he hadn't had many, uh, you know, ABs. So uh, I kind of got him behind Bregman, you know, today, because I know these guys are are, are 35 to 40 more ABs, uh, you know, ahead of him. So I'm hoping that he steps right in as a natural and, uh, uh, you know, gives us a big boost. I know when he came in the clubhouse, you know, there was a tremendous boost to see him, you know, come in the clubhouse and, uh, you know, we can use his boom and bat, uh, especially as a run producer, because even though we've been scoring some runs, we've been leaving a lot of people out there. And, and I think we're scoring six runs a game or so, but we realistically could be scoring eight or nine, which would, would put games out of reach, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, not to take some pressure off our bullpen. And so that's, uh, you know, I'm hoping that he comes in and does that, and uh, and his knees hold up. You know, because he hadn't played two days in a row. I don't think while he was in in Corpus Christi. So I got to keep really keep an eye on him. Um, you know, after he's gonna play today and tomorrow, then we'll see on Sunday.
0: With Alvarez in the fold, and you mentioned the knees. I know you've talked about uh, maybe limiting how much time he he has in the field. Of course, Michael Brantley has been DHing quite a bit, in part because. Right of the quad issue that he's had since uh, the end of July. So how do you plan on on juggling uh, outfield DH with with Brantley
4: and Alvarez? Well, um, you know, that's a a pleasant problem to have because both of them are are tremendous hitters. So uh, I'm going to give Brantley another day off today to let that quad. uh, So this will be like, you know, three days in a row. And yeah. uh, test him a little bit today. Gary's got Gary Pettis that is, is going to take him out and test him a little bit in the outfield, you know, see how he's moving. You know, I talked to Michael. Uh, so we're hoping that he can play the outfield tomorrow uh, and play smart. And then uh, probably uh, uh, if, if he feels OK on Sunday and then and then he'll play again. But it's a short day. But I got him planned right now for him to play on Sunday, uh, you know, as a DH. And then uh, we'll see how Alvarez is, and, and and plan on giving him a day off. Like I said, he hadn't gone two days in a row, so we really have to have to monitor, you know, uh, you know their their output and uh, and the amount of uh, playing time that they do to take some pressure off their legs until they feel a hundred percent. Then we can just fly from there. Off day
0: yesterday. Today begins a stretch of seventeen straight days with a game before your your next off day, and. I mean, you talk about, obviously, Brantley getting him off his feet. Of course, that's injury-related. Altuve got the, the, the game off uh, on Wednesday right before the off day. How do you plan on trying to juggle uh, playing time during this time? And I imagine, especially the infielders who have been playing pretty much every day, you, you want to try and get them some days off at
4: some point during this 17-day well, stretch? Yeah, I mean, at some point. I mean, you know, a, a lot of it depends on, you know, how they look, uh, you know, how their legs feel and how they're swinging. You know, if a guy's swinging good, he don't want any days off. You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, the guy that comes to mind probably, but uh, probably not until next week, maybe, would probably uh, be Yuli. Uh, you know, I've given, I've given, you know, Korea had a day off. Uh, uh, Altuve had a day off. Um, and so the guy, to, you know, Maldonado's had a day off. The guys that haven't had a day off yet are Bregman, who probably don't want a day off. And, and you, Lee, you know, that's going to, you know, as, as a veteran player, will probably need a day off uh, at some uh, at some point in time, probably within the next week.
0: Founder Valdez started the day. What have you seen from him, over, especially over these last couple of starts? I mean, I know you weren't here last year, but uh, a guy who's just been a lot more consistent
4: than, than what we've seen in the past. Well, you know, he's been working on, on you know, his mind control because he's always had the, the stuff. But uh, you can tell when he gets a little bit out of whack. You know he backs off the mound. Nobody has to tell him. You don't have to go visit. And then he takes his time in between. If he's if he's dealing and uh, and he has his everything together, then he'll he'll just throw uh, you know pitch after pitch. But as soon as he gets out of sync, which I had mentioned to him before about the young Fernando Valenzuela, when I played with with, with the young Fernando, he would he would know when he got out of sync, and nobody would had to tell him. The ball tells you and then he'd back off and then, and then get it back together and then, and then go again. So, you know, we're really proud of, of uh, Framber. We need him to go deep in, in, into the game today because, you know, the worst thing for a manager is to have a short game in, in the first game of a 17-game streak, uh, you know, knock on wood to where, where you in your bullpen right away. So, you know, we need to, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll throw like he's been throwing before.
0: Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. All right. Thank you. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this.
2: This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
3: And welcome back to Astro Launch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks, pleased to be joined by Aaron Goldsmith. He's a radio guy. He's a TV guy with the Seattle Mariners. Been doing it for a long time. A great job. Uh, Aaron, how are you? I want to ask you real quick. When this pandemic first broke out, uh, it was the state of Washington. It was it was the Seattle area w- w- that we were seeing in the assisted living center and, and all that stuff. How worried were you guys back then? Was it a panic?
2: Well, it's great to be with you, Sparky. Yeah, the, you know, the I live in a, a, a town called Kirkland, Washington, yeah. uh, most known for the having the original Costco. And uh, <laughs> the the we're, we're right on the water. We're right by Lake Washington, and the assisted living center you referenced is like a five minute drive from my house. You're kidding. Which I had no idea that it existed until until the pandemic hit. Uh, Yeah, no, it was definitely a concern. Uh, You know, when we went to Arizona for spring training and – it, you go into this little baseball bubble and you don't realize what the rest of the world is going through because as you guys go through in Florida and we go through in Arizona, you're just isolated from everything. And it's just baseball all the time. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we got back home and things obviously got shut down and life was what it has been for, by and large, it became evident very quickly that we were kind of at the epicenter of all this. And so yeah, Seattle, I would say was probably among the first cities in the country to really take stuff seriously and there's still a ways to go but because they, they were by and large fairly quick in responding i think it, it has made things progress maybe a little bit quicker than what they normally would have been
3: hey when the season began i was thinking man i, I think it's about 50 50 on whether or not they're going to be able to finish this because of all the protocols and just the all the uncertainty but but i'm much more confident now where do you sit
2: yeah, your odds are probably better than what I gave it. I didn't think that there was going to be a chance. Really? But but the interesting thing was, as we've already seen, Major League Baseball really has given no definitive plan for w- at what point the dam breaks, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, never have they said that publicly. And we've seen two major outbreaks with the Marlins and the Cardinals. And I get the sense now that it's just – move forward, move forward, move forward. And if we, yeah. there's another team that they'll figure out a way to do the scheduling and whatnot, and whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, I'll let other people decide. But it, it seems like at this point it, with the goal being get to the postseason, it is full steam ahead, whatever they have to do.
3: Three weeks into the season now, uh, the Mariners clearly – I don't know if they're calling it a rebuild, but in our eyes, it looks like something similar to what the Astros were doing a few years ago. Uh, what stands out mostly for you so far this season?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a, a step back. As okay. Mariners general manager Jerry Dipoto is okay. somewhat uh, famous for saying at this point. Uh, the, obviously, the the phrase "rebuild" brings with it some negative connotations. So, if you call it a step back, it's a lot better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah. it's been it's really has been amazing the turnaround for the Mariners in terms of the uh, influx of of young talent and prospects, of course. Uh, Major- Baseball America just came out with their midseason rankings. The Mariners' farm system has moved from five to number three. Wow. Um, one of the main reasons is because they included the Mariners' first-round draft pick from this year. The Mariners had the sixth pick. They tra- took a kid from Georgia. Uh, Emerson Hancock, a starting pitcher. And Good so they've got college pitcher, Sparky, three straight years with their mm-hmm. number one pick, which is interesting. They're trying to obviously push that to the majors as quickly as possible. Uh, but, yes, there's they have six top 100 prospects per Baseball America, and Pipeline would probably say something similar as well. Um, right now, you're seeing kind of the first wave you'll see t- tonight. Uh, you'll see guys like uh, Evan White at first base, so you guys right. saw in the opening series, who's made the jump from double A to the majors. You're seeing uh, Kyle Lewis in center field, who I think right now is probably the front runner for American League Rookie of the Year. Um, Oh, yeah. There's still a lot of baseball to be played for sure. And Luis Robert is uh, a dude in Chicago that is definitely going to stay uh, in that race, but he's cooled a little bit. And that could happen to Kyle at any moment, but he's been terrific so far this season. You know, even guys who you kind of have graduated from the prospect status, but are still very young in the major league careers like JP Crawford, yes. who is the shortstop of the present and the future for the Mariners. He's... He's playing his best baseball on both sides of the ball right now, better than he ever has. So you're seeing, just in terms of the position core, you're seeing some of those guys shed long at second base. There's still more questions to be answered there. And then there's some youth in the rotation as well. But you're seeing kind of the first wave already make it to Seattle. And then the, the encouraging thing is that there's, and none of the Astros went through this certainly, there are multiple waves behind that.
3: The Astros dabbled in the early signings of some of these young prospects. And and you mentioned Evan White, the first baseman, played in double A last year. They signed him to a four year deal in December. Were you surprised by that?
2: You know, I I got the sense that the Mariners really wanted to try to do some cost control measures and extend guys. You know, I think the most popular thought for that would be Jared Kelnick, who's among the Mariners' top prospects and uh, essentially a top 10 prospect in baseball, um, who fans were really wanting to see this year. And that more than likely won't happen because of the state of the world. Uh, But Evan White is a a guy who was a first-round draft pick, and they believe so much in the person. I mean, like – walks on water type of guy okay and then you look at what he does defensively it's elite it's an 80 grade glove he might be uh, I'll let scouts judge this better than me Uh, he might be the best defensive first baseman in baseball right now and he's played in yeah and he's played in roughly 20 games (laughs) Uh, every, every night he makes just a Incredible play, like that, potentially saves a run or multiple runs. Sure. And he's made a swing change. It was only about a year ago. They believe in his bat. It has not come around yet. But to me, it's not. It's not panic mode. What do you expect? The guy every night he sees the best pitcher he's ever faced in his life. Sure. I mean, you you know what that's like better than me. This is this is part of the growing pains. And the Mariners are in a position right now where they can let Evan White feel some pain for yeah. 60 games and try to figure it out this is what it's all about right all right
3: talking with Aaron Goldsmith last thing you Kikuchi he's pitching tonight the Astros saw him in that first series and the thing that that popped up more than anything was the the radar gun I mean he's throwing uh, quite a bit harder is he still keeping it up
2: he really is yeah and he has had a much better command you've seen enough of you Kikuchi to know that whether he's throwing ninety six or ninety two or ninety three, I mean he has to get ahead to be able to get to his cutter, slider, hybrid pitch. I mean that that is what has to happen. And the problem with you say last year in his first season stateside is that he just sprayed his fastball all over the place and he, he was not throwing it for strikes nearly enough and he would fall behind on the count and then his fastball would get waffled and he'd give up a lot of home runs and we've all seen that story play out a million times. And so this year, not only is he throwing harder, but generally speaking, he is throwing with more command and he's been able to put guys away with a slider. I mean, it's this is this is the guy that I think the Mariners thought that they were getting from day one and it looks like it's taken a year to for him to figure it out you know for context real quick you know last year his his father passed away oh really uh, within within the first month that he was in the majors and his father when his father was truly on his deathbed he told you say you need to stay in seattle and you need to pitch do not come back home so he dealt with the death of his father the first month he was in the majors He and his wife on the other end of the spectrum celebrated the birth of their first child during his first season of the majors. Obviously he was learning a new culture, a new language. He's picked up a lot of English by the way. So there was a lot going on in the world of Yusei Kikuchi last year. The hope for the Mariners was that coming into 2020, that things would be more calm and settled and he would be able to have better footing. And it looks like that's been the case.
3: All right. Well, good luck to him then, man. That's a, that's a lot to handle that first year coming over. So Uh, Aaron Goldsmith, uh, always great to hear from you. Uh, Great to see you. Glad you're doing well and your your family as well. But uh, Aaron Goldsmith, he's a broadcaster with the Mariners, does TV and radio. Thanks for catching up, man. Love you, Sparky. Good talking to you.
5: All right. We've got uh, Andrew translating. We'll open it up to questions for Jordan Alvarez. Jordan, can you kind of give us an idea of what the last uh, two or so months have been like for you and why you were not able to report to the team in summer camp? Yeah,
6: so it's been a couple of difficult months for me that I know the team hasn't said anything about it, but I did test positive for coronavirus. Um, so I had, you know, some headaches and stuff like that. But thank God I'm
5: feeling a lot better and I was able to, to get ramped up and I'm feeling really good here back with the team. Jordan, were you were you symptomatic? I know you mentioned you had some headaches. Can you go into kind of how the virus affected you? That was the only symptom that I had just a couple of days of the headache. Um, and then I kept
6: testing positive for a little while after that. So I had to wait. So I tested negative to start ramping up and doing physical activities to get ready again for the season. Do
2: you have any idea how you contracted it?
6: Yeah, I have no idea. I tried to do everything that I could to protect myself and stay healthy. So I really have no idea how I got it.
5: Did, did you test positive once you got to Houston for camp? Or was that when you were back at home before you came to Houston? Uh, it was two days right before starting the second spring training. Was it was it frustrating at all to, to know you had it but you weren't symptomatic and you couldn't leave I mean how frustrating is that that you kind of had to stay quarantined even though you may have felt really okay
6: uh, yeah it was obviously super frustrating for me um, to not to feel good physically and to not be able to return to baseball activities um, you get a little sort crazy going sitting in the park and being in quarantine all the time and more so feeling physically good um, but
5: but thank God uh, I, can, I can get back to baseball activities I'm ready to go now I know you've. I know oh, you've wow. got a. You've got a wife and a daughter. Were they okay, or, or how, how? How did your family come out of it? Uh,
6: tienes esposa y, y una hija y y cómo están ellas, es decir, todos siguen con tu saludo, cómo lidiaron con esa situación.
7: Sí, no, supimos, supimos como yo supe eh, cuidarme en ese momento, no. Creo que me aislé, tuve el mínimo contacto posible con con ellos, y más importante la niña, no. Y gracias a Dios ella todo el tiempo estuvo saludable.
6: Yeah, no, I, I, we knew exactly how to deal with the situation. Um, and I, I had as, as little contact as possible with, with them, and especially with my
5: daughter, because I wanted to make sure that she stayed healthy. So, Jordan, how do you feel? Um, how does your swing feel first? And then how do your knees feel?
6: I feel good, yeah. I had two weeks to prepare myself. Um, and I've been building up physically. So I think the reason I'm here is, is because I feel good and I feel ready for the season.
5: We'll open it up to questions for Jose Altuve. Jose, how big of a lift does it give you guys to have Jordan back and in the lineup?
7: A bit one. He's a great player. He's a great hitter, good teammate, so we are happy to have him here. Do you think
5: these two you yeah, think
7: off- a
0: couple of days off, uh, you know, help you at this point and, uh, you know, with a complete day off
2: and then Dusty holding you out the other night?
7: Yeah, I think it's going to help me a lot and I feel good today and ready to help my team to win the game. Jose, uh, on a personal
6: level, you're a team leader, obviously. These guys, it's more than, than a team for you, with, especially with, with the Latino players. When a teammate has COVID, how, like this, how was it? How, do you keep, how did you keep in touch with them? And how concerned were you for him and his family?
7: Yeah, you, you don't want anybody to get the, the virus, obviously. But I was in contact with Jordan, and as soon as he told me he was he was good, you know, I felt good for him too. Uh, but you just keep contact via phone.
5: Jose, for you personally, how how difficult has the start you've gotten off to um, results-wise been, and how are you able to kind of clear your head and, and and try to get some more results that you're accustomed to getting?
7: I think that's uh, has been the key for me in my career to uh, try to turn the page rápido. quick even if you have a bad start or good start every day is a new day a new opportunity to, to play good and to tu your Tuve una temporada atípica con todo lo que sabemos que está sucediendo. ¿Cómo la puedes describir tú como jugador una temporada que nunca pensamos tal vez que iría a existir? Sí, tú lo dijiste. Una temporada atípica, un poco diferente. Nunca pensé que estaríamos jugando sin la fanaticada. Creo que ese ha sido el el cambio más drástico de todo, no poder de disfrutar de la fanaticada.
5: O sea, you talked about um, having Jordan back, but how good does it feel to also have George Springer back into the lineup?
7: Yeah, both good players. Uh, George, we all know he's he's the leader, leader of this team. If he goes we go and to to be able to have him in the lineup is huge, and at the same time, Jordan coming back from from the virus and getting ready so quick and and wanting to join the team is, is huge for us.
6: Jose, thank you for the time.
7: Thank you. Astrocast is brought to
2: you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
7: See you later.